You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. This is a great question because I got to tell you, it made me think for a second because the biblical worldview question of the week is what should our response be to God forgiving us? And my first thought was, um, a, a changed life, gratitude. Mm. Where, where's Nancy going with this? And then I'm like, oh wow, there's a responsibility that comes with forgiveness. So let's dig in. What should our response be to God forgiving us? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, when I I was entertaining this question and got into it, I was frankly challenged and and very surprised, and it cleared up. We're going to be talking about some scripture that just doesn't seem to fit. And then all of a sudden, when you take it in context as to who wrote it and where it was written and why it was written, you'll see. But I think overall responses, we need to take forgiving others very, very seriously. Because first of all, it's an inter- integral part of, of our salvation, You know, when Jesus hung on a cross to release us from the penalty of our sin, which is death, and he said, it is finished. And uh, meaning we were forgiven of everything that we ever have or ever will be done that God considers to be sin. And the thing is, he paid that penalty for all forever. And not only did Jesus pay the penalty for our sins, But our sovereign Lord chose to forget, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Our sins are wiped out. God will never hold that sin against us. And that makes us rethink the seriousness, the overwhelming grace that God showed us on that cross. Not only are we forgiven and don't deserve to be, but he has chosen to wipe those out. Why? Because if he didn't, we would not be able to have a relationship with him. And he, he, he wiped them out as we should. And this is a huge challenge to us. In love and mercy, in Psalm 103, the Lord has removed his people's sin from them. He doesn't simply move our sins onto the doorstep or a mile away. God moves them as far as us as the east is from the west. Wow. In Hebrews 8, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Meaning, remember here, uh, meaning I'm not going to hold them against them. It's as if, as if, even though God clearly play, paid the penalty for it. We are as if <clears throat> we, we uh, did not sin, which is insane. But yet we know we did. And, and we know that Christ died on the cross that we might be free so that we might have a relationship with him. This is just gets more and more remarkable as we dive into this thing. You know, the topic of forgiveness, Nancy, there's a lot of people who struggle with that, right? Do I have to forgive other people who have hurt me? So what bearing now does God forgiving us have on our forgiving toward others? What does that do? What does that exchange look like? 
Yeah, and you know what? Um, this is this is where the masses part the road. You know, wide is the road, but narrow is the path. And and this is the thing: God has forgiven us all of our sins. He doesn't ask us to consider forgiving others. That is not on the table. He commands it. And Jesus set the standard for forgiveness. Whether we feel like it or not, we must choose to forgive and release our anger, our hurt, and whatever else we think they deserve. You know, we are to forgive all those who have caused us pain, no matter uh, if they have repented, if they've said they're sorry, or if they even care. You know, it, it, it's not the issue for them, from their perspective, it's ours. And, of course, we take into account serious sins that cause bodily injury is another point. We forgive, but there are often times where we would be cautioned to go to those people. Uh, but, but generally, just hurt, family hurt, lying, cheating, whatever it is. Uh, this is, this is the kind of hurt and pain uh, that, uh, we need to be merciful. And we need to go to the scriptures to see what God calls us to do. Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ forgave you. And if it's just as in Christ forgave you, that means that we do not hold those people accountable anymore. But I say to you in Matthew 5, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How on earth could we do that? You know, and I think for some of us, we're saying it's impossible. And the truth is, it is. But with Christ, we can do all things. And again, this is not um, behind door number one or two or three and choose one. No, it's no, it's we are called by God to forgive. It's not always easy to forgive, Nancy. I mean, sometimes, you know, when other people hurt us or do things to us, it's it's a struggle because um, those wounds can be pretty deep. So we know that we're we're called to forgive. But is there any grace for the Christian who struggles with forgiveness? Well, um, you know, I, I wish there were a way out uh, of this. But clearly, you know, a Christian who's not willing to forgive others will suffer the consequences of their sin uh, in refusing to forgive one another. I mean, Christ forgave us, and for some reason, we think that we don't have to do the same. We're to be the arms and hands and feet of Christ, but yet, because we have difficulty with that, we we just discard it. I can't do it. Well, not only can we do it, we choose to do it. And uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 14, strive for peace with everyone, for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord Wow. Uh, Second John 1, 8, watch yourself so that you may not lose what you have worked for, but may win the full reward. And that reward, I believe, in talking there is, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's not a pick and choose faith. This is the thing. Nobody ever said, Christ never said it was easy. Neither did any of the disciples or the apostles or, or the writers of, of the New Testament. It's not easy. Ask Paul. But we are called into this to fight the fight. Yeah. 
You know, it's not easy because very often it's hard for us to understand in our finite, you know, mind that God can be that forgiving regardless of what we had. So the way that we view forgiveness and the way that God views forgiveness are really completely different things. They're diametrically opposed, I think. You know, so yeah. how do you draw how do you delineate that? How do you make sense of the difference of how we view forgiveness and how God views forgiveness. Yes. And and I I was reading the other day, I, I got uh, Tim Keller's book on forgive. And if those of you are looking for a book to better understand what it means to forgive, I highly recommend this book. I got it and just poured through it on a couple airplane flights. And I was challenged and quite frankly shocked. And I, I want to just read a paragraph in there because I think it will help us better understand from God's perspective what this is all about. And Tim Keller writes this, the cheap grace model of forgiveness focuses strictly on the inner emotional healing for the victim on getting past it or moving on. But then it ends up letting the perpetrator off the hook. A little grace and no grace models basically seek revenge, which can lead to endless cycles of retaliation and vengeance back and forth between the victim and the wrongdoer. What all these secular models lack is the transformed motivation that the vertical between man and God brings. The experience of divine experience brings profound healing it is grounded in the faith sight of Jesus's costly sacrifice for our forgiveness. That reminds us that we are sinners in need of mercy like everyone else. Yet it also fills the cup of our hearts with his love and affirmation. This makes it possible for us to forgive the perpetrator. And check this out now, listen. And then go to speak to him or her seeking justice and reconciliation if possible. Now, however, we do not do it for our sake, but for God's sake, for the perpetrator's sake, and for future victims' sake. So this whole idea of forgiveness, if we follow Christ's model here, that we are to go to them, forgive them, help them, uh, encourage them, share the gospel with them, not for re- not for revenge, but to help build them up and bring them to Jesus. This is part of Christ's call for us to go into the world in disciple. It's going to those that have hurt us, but but for this and for future victims. And who thinks of that? Because those people that hurt will hurt again. And this is, and it's, it's just a thought that forgiving others is not about us as much as about uh, the perpetrator. And it's something few of us have considered. When we understand the depths of God's love for us, then we will not only want to forgive others, but go to them. Not to accuse, but to share the good news. And that, to me, is overwhelming. And But by the grace of God, are we able to do that? 
if we don't do that, Nancy, I mean, we know that that we're, we're called to forgive, and if we don't, then we've sinned. So what does Scripture tell us is the cost of unforgiveness? Yeah, and this is where it gets very serious. I think the background for this is, is Matthew 6 uh, and 7, where Jesus addresses the, uh, the uh, Pharisees and the religious among them, and he calls them out on being hypocrites. And he says this, their righteousness was insincere and dishonest. And I think we all know people like this in the, in the religious world or just in life in general, where for some reason they think they're better than everybody. And they kind of like, like a, a, you know, they, they, they flaunt their feathers, so to speak. They puff themselves up and they want everybody to hear them and everybody to see them and they talk loud above everybody. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, these men and women are seeking applause from men. They're, they're seeking their own followers, so to speak. And in Matthew 6 and 7, Jesus is testing the, uh, the authenticity of their faith and of our faith when we read this. Are we sincere and honest in our commitment to Christ by the way we give, by the way we pray with a giving heart, by the way we fast and use our wealth and forgive? There is severe judgment for pretending to be a Christ followers but are not. And this is the thing. They can fool other human beings, but they cannot fool God. And this is what through Matthew's writing, Christ has to say about this. Listen, listen to this. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. He's not messing around here. He doesn't like phonies. He doesn't like hypocrites. And for many of us who um, hear over and over again about the hypocrites in the church that I don't believe because of all the hypocrites, they, that's, an honest, that, that's an honest report, sadly, of the state of affairs in the church. I'm sorry, but it, it just is. There are many great, great, great Christians out there, but that are probably equally, if not more, of those who are purporting to be somebody that they're not because their actions don't, don't match what they say, you know, about whatever they're pontificating on. Mark 11, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, uh, so that your Father, who is in heaven, will also fit, forgive you of your transgressions. That's Mark eleven twenty five. Look, what Christ is calling us to do is to live it out. He forgave you. We need to forgive others. Not for us, but those others are hurting. Those people that hurt you are hurting. They also have a story, and they also need Jesus. And just maybe, maybe Christ is calling us to help put those pieces back together again. You know, in Matthew 6, 12, you know, you know, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This whole idea of being men and women who are going to, to live a life of forgiving, or forgiving, and that's very much a part of it. Listen to Martin Luther King. He, he said this, <clears throat> he who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power of love. 
We can never say, I will forgive you, but I don't want anything further to do with you. Forgiveness means reconciliation, coming together again. And I think for many of us, we have broken relationships in the chain of our families and stuff. And instead of just saying, okay, they're out of my life, everybody's happy, everybody's not happy, and everybody is broken. And the call here is to go and, and have conversations. And, of course, if they don't want to talk to you, if they slam the door in your face, whatever, that's their doing. But from our perspective, we do what we can do. <clears throat> for Jesus to give his life and to forgive his tormentors was an act of enormous love and spiritual strength. One of surpassing beauty. It is buried into the hearts and imaginations of every member of the community. And, and Keller goes on to say, the Apostle Paul saw this beauty with his own eyes and summarized it vividly. When they hurled their insults at them, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And Second Peter says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because uh, to this you were called so that you might inherit a blessing. This is the key to forgiveness. It's going to the perpetrator, those who hurt, and offer not only just and I'm sorry that I, you know, whatever. But it's this idea of of sitting down, talking, having a discussion, and in leading that person who hurts you, leading them into the knowledge of Christ. It is uh, the most amazing turnaround for some of us, and none of us can say really, oh, well, that would be easy. I'll do that. No, it's not. But we can do all things for Christ. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 3, 13 for, uh, through 15. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind in straining forward what lies ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature uh, think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. In Hebrews 12, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that what is lame may be put out of joint, but rather healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So Kelly, uh, uh, it, the consequences, huge. 
the consequences of disobedience here is huge. And I think once you do this, and, and once you go to that person, you'll realize that that same person, the one that, that you loved and were close to or whatever uh, your relationship was, can be healed, uh, can be healed. And that's what God's calling us to do. We want to be kind to each other, but we have limits, right? We're not doing this and this and this. And God says, there are no barriers. This is what I'm calling you to do, the impossible. Well, that impossible, you know, we we know limitations, but the Lord does not. He is sovereign. He is limitless in his love. And there is no there's no stop to the length that he will go to no. rescue us and draw us back into him. And the length that he went was to sacrifice his own son so that we yeah. might be pardoned of our sins. And so for that very reason, this is the reason why Jesus taught the disciples that we are to forgive just as our yeah. Father in heaven has forgiven us. And it's a hard place to be, you know, even if somebody wrongs you, he says, you know, seven times a day, each time. You must yeah. forgive. Yeah. So, man. Yeah, it's it, it's it's easy to say, you know, to say, oh, I'm the hands and feet of Christ, really. And and sometimes those those relationships will never be healed. But let me tell you, they will see the gospel. They will see Christ when you go to them and say, listen, you know, your life matters, and and I want to be a part of that. And so, can we talk? Yeah. yeah, and just started out that way because it life is short, and uh, most of the haters are just telling you who they are, how insecure they are, yeah. and they're just deflecting it. and And I think we need to, as Christ died for us, you know, I keep thinking of what it must have been like for the father to watch his son suffer and cry out. I can't imagine being a parent and watching that, but yet he did. And you can be sure God the Father suffered along with him. Oh, yeah. But to take that, like, I'm not forgiving him. What a jerk or whatever. I, I just think we, we can be so flip and so easily uh, a judgmental of, you know, what he did doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Well, nobody really cares about you. I mean, the point is, this is what God has called you to do. Go do it. Go do it. And you know what? In the end, you'll be so glad you did. Yeah. You will be so glad you did. And I don't think, Kelly, that there's any peace for us from God coming unless we are obedient in this. Because when you do the hard, all of a sudden you have that peace. Oh, thank you, Lord. That was hard, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, that is so true. Been there, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, uh, boy, it is convicting because we need to go through and take some inventory of those in our lives that we need to forgive, and that's a challenge for each one of you. Here's another challenge. Go to anchorsaway.org and find out about how you can sharpen your worldview. Uh, you can see the, the, the society around us and the effect of not having a mm -hmm. Christian worldview. Yeah. If the God has created all things, then we need to have his eyes, his perspective. And this is all part of it. Forgiveness. Yep. Go check it out. Anchorsaway.org. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life. <laughs> 